ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Anyway, how y'all been doing? Let me tell you what happened to me just a couple minutes ago. So, I'll, I'll, you know, I live in New York, man. It's kind of real in the field out here uh, with this corona situation, as you may have heard. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just, like, being serious about it. Like, it, 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 it's going down out here. Um, I am not, like, especially freaked out. Every now and then I see something, though, that makes me be like, oh, wow, okay. Like, I just read this one story. Y'all see this one? Let me see if I can find it. Um, well, basically, people, like, in their 30s and 40s, who are contracting the coronavirus are having strokes. Yeah. Strokes. That, that, that got my attention. It sounds like it may have gotten yours, but it definitely got my attention. Uh, you know, so every- All right, there we go. Sorry about that. But every now and then, uh, you see something like that, and you get a little nervous, you get a little worried. But anyway, my building has been taking it seriously. And so a few weeks ago, I noticed that uh, I had somebody come to meet me at the crib, and they were like, yo, you got to come meet him in the lobby. Yeah, like we, were, we ain't even really letting people up here. And so one of the fun things, I guess, fun, I don't know if fun is the appropriate term, but you'll understand what I'm saying. One of the interesting things that's happening in the midst of all this also is um, the building link. You guys got building link. I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with building link, but you hear people talk about like the next door app building link kind of feels like next door just for whatever your like, you know, your condo building is your apartment building or whatever it is. Right. And so, you know, it varies. Right. It's people trying to like keep each other's spirits up. Then the various ways that they're annoying each other. Um, but one thing that had come up a while ago, somebody approached, and I thought it was a great idea. Um, and they're like, yo, one party in an elevator at a time. Like, that's what we got. One party in the elevator at once. Which, I mean, I think we would all agree makes perfect sense, right? Everybody's been adhering to this. I've noticed it. I've had a few times that I've gone down the elevator and the elevator stopped at a floor and the people look in and they see that, like, I'm in the elevator. And then they're like, cool, I'll just wait for the next one. Got it. So I went downstairs, pick up a package before we uh, did this show. And I come back to the elevator, and while I'm waiting on the elevator to come, some dude, like, pulls up on a skateboard. Grown-ass man, right? Pulls up on a skateboard. He ain't got no mask on. I guess I probably should have had my mask on, but I was just coming down to the desk and back, right? But he ain't got no mask on. The elevator comes. The door opens. I get in, right? He was, like, standing close to the elevator, but he got in after me. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Respect the game, right? Nah, man, I got in the elevator. He got in the elevator, man. I jumped right off that thing. I had already pressed my button and everything, right? I live on the top floor. So, buddy had gone up. Elevator went up to the top floor. I'm still at 
I'm still on the first floor waiting on it. Next thing I know, this lady walk in and she comes near the elevator. She maintained in like approximately six feet, but she was a little closer. She ain't had no mask on. Elevator door comes open. She jumps in first. I'm like, all right, you got it. But I was about to flash like, yo, man, I, like, I was going to turn into the stereotypical white person that we talk about in these encounters. Like I was really about to be out here like, look, man, we got rules and we are trying to keep this thing safe. Like you have to assume that you are an asymptomatic carrier. That's the only way this works. The only way it goes. Ain't no, that's what these rules are. Like we'll we just go ride up the elevator together. We'll be going to talk. Who out here talking to strangers? Like, real talk, with this Rona as what it is, you ain't even thought about it like this, but this is the truth. When's the last time you talked to a stranger? Like, what's it take for you to talk to a stranger? And I'm not talking about somebody that, like, works in a store that you had to go to, right? When's the last time you had a conversation with strangers? We ain't fucking with strangers right now. I ain't about that. Hell no, I ain't doing that, man. I wasn't snapping on people so bad on that. I was down standing there like for like 10 minutes waiting on the elevator to do everything it was because these people out here being unsafe. Unsafe. And, and, and because they was being so unsafe about it, I got reason to believe they was probably farting in the elevator when they was in it by themselves. And I keep seeing that link circulate around every damn day about how the Rona might be spread by farts. Let me tell you something right now, man. If I catch the Rona because they was Putin in the elevator that they shouldn't have got in before I did, it's all going to burn, baby. It's all going to burn. Also, a funny story right fast that's happened. Not all of you will appreciate that, but this, but those of you who do will greatly appreciate it. So I was just on Twitter and I saw my man Lester Spence. Lester's a political scientist. I think he works at Hopkins. Last time I talked to him, he worked at Johns Hopkins. Anyway, somebody has sent a question around about like who was the first act that you saw in concert. And he said that Prince, unless it counts seeing my uncle, who was one of the floaters. Now, I know that a lot of y'all will not know who the floaters are. And I only know one thing about the floaters. And the floaters had a song called Float On. Float, float on. A cat out of Houston named ESG had a song called Smoke, Smoke On. Anyway, floaters got a song called Float On. And Float On is hilarious because Float On is basically a Tinder profile. It's three, four dudes in a group who are given their uh, their Tinder profiles, complete with their Zodiac signs. And I see that a lot of y'all immediately recognize the question that I had for Lester about this when he said that his uncle was one of the floaters, which was, was it Larry? Please tell me it was Larry. In love with Larry. Yo, Larry, Larry of the floaters. Oh, damn, I didn't know Larry died. Uh, anyway, wow, anyway, yeah, that's what I said. Anyway, I got to find a different transition. Speaking of Larry, 
Larry had with it. He was with all all the confidence that Sex Appeal for. He was like, "You want to be in love with Larry?" Like he got into the Larry, into it. Like when he sings that line, Larry, it's like them cats that be singing the hooks on rap songs who ain't really singers, but they be singing on rap songs and they be singing the hell out of that shit. Like the dude uh, singing on the hook for uh, Poe Pimpin. He giving it everything he got. So anyway, it wasn't Larry. It turns out that his uncle was married to the, the uncle he referred to was uncle by marriage He's married to his dad's sister. But that uncle was Larry's brother. Now, somebody said like five audit. No, it's not like five audit because Mike Marshall is a singer, right? Like, you know, he's time make social club. Come on, baby. Show some respect. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. Here we go. Knowing how you feel about Babyface, did you give him the win during their old man battle? All right. So. Hold on, you give me a second. I can't find where the where the joint went. Uh there we go. Um, so they've been doing these battles on the internet, and you know, as I've said before, I just find it a little odd that everybody battling but rappers, right? And so we wound up with a quote unquote battle between Teddy Riley and Babyface, and look, man, I am not saying this part to disrespect Babyface at all. I am just making a larger, more general point that I think that you'll agree with. If you play soon as I get home from work, this shit is not no battle. Right. There is nothing that is termed battle that is ever going to involve playing soon as I get home from work. Like, can we all agree upon that? Like, can we find another term that we can use to describe this? Right. Is, is there another way that we can go about this? But anyway, somebody asked me, did I give Babyface the win? And the answer, of course, is no. I did not give Babyface the win. But part of me not giving Babyface the win in his Teddy Riley battle is not so much about the fact that he's Babyface, though that's part of it. It's that the other dude is Teddy Riley. Like, I don't think that Teddy Riley is in the Eric Sermon space, right? where um, Eric Sermon is in this space where somehow y'all have truly forgotten how dope he is and how important he is and what a great producer he is and how many dope beats that you like that he has done, right? Like, I really legitimately believe that people just kind of lose sight of that. Teddy Riley, to me, it ain't even just the idea that I think that people have forgotten how cold Teddy Riley is. Is that the coldest of Teddy Riley is so much colder than the coldest of Babyface to me. 
And the reason is, and this is an idea that I was like positing on the timeline. Now, I need you guys who know that I think that baby, I think Babyface is a wildly overrated songwriter. I do, however, think that Babyface is a very, very good producer. And he's a very good vocal producer. Like, and his melody game is crazy strong. I just feel like all his songs sound like he wrote them in a hurry. Right? Like, during the battle, he played I'm Ready, which is a song that I think is very, very good. And he said that he wrote it when he was in high school. And I'm trying to figure out how he got worse since then. And the only answer I got is that he'd be writing these songs in 10 minutes. Like, I mean, I'm saying this like neutrally and sincerely about Babyface, right? You go listen to them. So, like, go like listen to them songs and check the words on them songs. It ain't great song writing, right? Like that's not what's carrying this. That's that's just that's just that's just not that's just not what he's providing, right? Like it's just kind of. I mean, like go find a line in the baby babyface song where you feel like, wow, he really took his time with that one. It, it just ain't that, right? What babyface has got is great beats. What babyface is is a monster. On them machines, on them drum machines, man. Like, he does real strong work in those spaces. And one thing about Babyface, too, is is if you pair Babyface up with, like, a really, really strong vocalist, like My, My, My by Johnny uh, Gill, for example, that one is all Johnny Gill selling that, right? There ain't a whole lot of people that can make that song work in the way that he does because it ain't that much song there. Hey, think about my, 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 my. You sure look good tonight. Yo, man, Johnny is selling the hell out of that, right? But again, if we just talking about like tracks, we just talking about beats. Babyface got beats. Like that was part of what I was thinking about as I was watching that and just listen to what he got, man. Like sonically, the stuff is all right. But it ain't like what Teddy do, right? Teddy, Teddy shit's got some oh to it, right? Like, even if you're the biggest Babyface fan in the world, you got to admit that that is, I don't want to say milk toast because that feels a little bit unfair, but he ain't funky, you know? Like, Babyface ain't got jams that's going to, like, burn the house down. Teddy got those, and Teddy got the slow jams, and, like, I feel like he writes more believable and sincere and impassioned type love songs. Like, when he does it, I mean, Babyface got a zillion of them, right? But I was talking on Twitter earlier today where I was like, the difference between hits and jams. And I'm like, Babyface got all the hits in the world. The hits come from all over the place. The hits come from so many people. But, uh, like, in fact, this is the best way to put it. And like you say, like, what I say, the difference between those two cats are. Now, you want to talk about a place where I think the Babyface did some strong work. It's on that Bobby Brown Don't Be Cruel album, right? And I think it's an interesting combination because I think Babyface is limited, and I think that Bobby is certainly limited, but what Bobby is is crazy sincere, and Bobby sells the hell out of all those songs. Like, those those Babyface Don't Be Cruel joints are great. And the best song on Don't Be Cruel is what? my prerogative and isn't that teddy like that like that that energy that's on that you're not getting that from babyface songs you just not babyface is the action on a babyface track is up high 
the action on a uh, Teddy Riley track is low. Right? Teddy got jams. Babyface got hits. Somebody like Babyface did Roni. Of course, Babyface did Roni. Think about how simple Roni is. Like you, like, and, and look, people, I've had friends tell me, one very good friend tell me, in fact, how I ruined Babyface. They be sitting around listening to them songs now that they think about it and be like, oh, damn. Like, rock. Steady. Steady rocking all night long. That's y'all's great songwriter. Like that is, I mean, I feel like Smokey Robinson could come up with better. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Just telling you, man, like, that's what it is. So for me, Teddy going to win, and I watched it. It's all as it went. Teddy was winning, and the reason Teddy was winning for me is that Teddy got jams, right? So, like, the first one, I'm looking at it round by round, okay? And this, of course, this should let you know just what time it was. Teddy starts it off with the right with the right here remix, which is bananas. Babyface come back with love should have brought you home. That's what I'm saying. This ain't no battle, man. That ain't no jam. All right, make it last forever versus soon as I get home. Which one of them is a jam? Make it last forever. Just got paid and rock steady. Rock steady's good, but what's really more jamming? Rock steady or just got paid? Thanks. Uh, the next one was Whack versus Whack. Uh, Foxy Brown's Get Me Home, which isn't even really Whack, but whatever. And Babyface, Every Time I Close My Eyes. Okay, here's some of that great Babyface songwriting. Every time I close my eyes, I thank the Lord that I've got you and you've got me too. I'm just saying, man. Like, I mean, I'm sure you'd like for somebody to say that to you. But, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't need to write that down before I showed up. And by the way, I don't know who did the like scorecard for Billboard. Um, oh, okay. I was about to say, but it is definitely a Caucasian. And it was Andrew Unterberger. And maybe Andrew Unterberger is black and nobody told me. But I am saying that simply because I figure only a Caucasian would have peace of my love versus ready or not and go with ready or not. Like you don't really understand the, uh, the hierarchy of these things. But all right. The next one. This was actually a good step. This is a good one. Like. Uh, high fives, I like the way the kissing game, which I did not know was a Teddy Riley track, versus uh, every little step, which bangs. Uh, I go with I, I, the kissing game, but I think every little step's a banger. Next one, Key Sweat, I Warner versus Can We Talk. See, this is tricky. I think Can We Talk is a better song, right? But I Warner is a jam. All right, the next one, Guys I Like versus Karen White, The Way You Love Me. I mean, the way you love me is a cool song and care who care white. Uh, but come on, man. I like is a jam. Like, think about how long it takes for I like to get started. And every moment of that is like, yo, this is dope. All right. Next one. Heavy D's is it good to you versus Tevin Campbell's I'm ready. I'm ready. Definitely a better song. Is it good to you? That's a jam. Next. This is what I say. What are we doing here? Slick Rick's the show versus the deals two occasions. I mean, the answer is the show because it's the show. I like two occasions. By the way, how long do you think it took Babyface to come up with I only think of you on two occasions? That's day and night. I go for broke if I could be with you. Only you can make it right. Is that Charles King? Uh, the next one, Jay-Z, The City Is Mine versus Bobby Brown's Rock With You. Like, not only does Rock With You win, 
did nobody tell Teddy Riley that we all think that shit is whack? Did, did nobody tell Teddy Riley that I complain about that album is the singles? Anyway, the next one. Bobby Brown's on our own versus Michael Jackson in the closet. Like this was a this one was a legitimate battle here. Like on our own is dope, man. In the closet is the greatest of all the Michael Jackson videos. I don't even care about the songs. I, then we got When Can I See You Again versus Before I Let You Go. Now, one before I let you go, first little song I ever danced to that I recall, right? Or at least like a yeah, yeah, yeah. That, somewhere in that zone. Anyway, Babyface, when can I see you again? When can I see you again? When can my heart beat again? When can I see you again? When can I breathe once again? When can I see you again? That is your king. All right. Next one. Whip appeal versus less chill. Look, whip appeal got a jam. I mean, that's that that's that's a good one. But it ain't less chill. And of course, Andrew Unterberger said baby face. How did Andrew Unterberger like I say, and you guys can let me know. Is Andrew is Andrew Unterberger an African American? Like his mama's black. Cause I just feel like he is operating completely like opposite the paradigms established by people who would typically care about something like this. Anyway, my, my, my versus black streets deep. Yeah. That's my, 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 my come on now. That's not, not only that's not especially close. You got a uh, red light special versus the, I get lonely remix and yo, red light special. Gotta say felt a lot sexier before I'd ever had sex. Like I think maybe the worst thing about red light special is that, it came out at a time where I should not have been able to get all their metaphors. Anyway, like Superwoman versus Michael Jackson's jam. How are you supposed to compare that? Right. That's what I'm saying. Then uh, ba Babyface came with the Tony Braxton. You're making me high. Great video versus rump shaker. Great video. And honestly, if Tony Braxton ain't in that white and old girl ain't with the saxophone, I don't understand why we talking about neither one. And then Babyface played I'll Make Love to You. And that's what I'm saying. Hits ain't jams. You get what I'm saying? Because that's a hit. But that ain't no jam. Thanks for letting me talk about this battle here. I needed a safe space. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. That's a lot of questions. Let me see. As I say, how long are you gonna let your beard get? Now nah, the beard, I do a little maintenance on, right? I can't put a hat over my beard when I come on television or whatever it is. The stuff is, I don't even know if it's called television. But anyway, I do care about the beard just a little bit. I can't can't let that shit get out of control. Oh, somebody asked what happened to last week's episode. We don't really know. It wasn't last week, it was the week before. But anyway, like, kind of beyond our control. Never really got an answer. Oh, man. Can we, who, who? This is so many questions. Why aren't, like, more of them good? Given things go back to relatively normal, where's the first place you want to go once New York City is out of quarantine? I don't fucking know. No disrespect. Uh, but, like, I guess, I'm again, this is just maybe a different place for me. I am not at that point where I'm thinking about all the things that I'm going to want to do once I can go outside. I, I don't miss y'all that much. No disrespect. 
right? I don't know. I'll go somewhere. I'll figure something out. Like a restaurant will be cool. I imagine it'll be a, a man here right there to get the vaccine. That's right. When they get that shot cracking, then we can talk about it. Like, I'm legitimately trying to think about this. What's it going to take for me to feel comfortable or you to feel comfortable or anybody to feel comfortable getting on a subway? And I understand that for a lot of y'all, y'all just got different levels of comfort, man. I was taking a walk around the neighborhood. I was walking over by Jack's. Man, there was like 15 kids. Half of them had masks on, half of them not. It was just all clumped up together. It was cats passing joints. You know what I'm saying? All of this. And I'm just like, I got one past another bill. Man, some dudes passing the, passing the blunt on the front porch. And I'm just looking at them like, yo. No. Like, why do you think this is a good idea? Like, why do you, why do you, why do you? No, 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 no. Sorry, man. Maybe I need to start, like, get to joints so that everybody can smoke their own. Right? Or roll that blunt and snap it in half, snap it in pieces. Everybody get a little show, something. I don't know. But uh no, 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 no. You gotta have a whole different level of uh whole different level of uh what you call it, trust in order to make all that work. I'm gonna be cray. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. How do you feel about Diddy using everything he basically paid to produce so it was part of building in a beat battle versus whoever he goes against, allegedly Dre? All right. So as I've done some reading and stuff on Puff and like thinking about things I've heard, like people like Questlove say about him. Puff did produce, right? And rap because of the way we think of a producer as the person who makes the beat in rap, it is very difficult. I think for people to grasp the idea that Puffy could be a producer, you know, because he's not the one actually doing it. And the stuff normally when it was just like strictly produced by Puffy Combs is just him like picking what the loop is and then going for it. But nah, Puffy, Puffy gets the claim to be a producer because he has in fact been a producer. I just don't think like he don't want it with Dre. Like they don't want it with Dre at all. Uh-uh. 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 Look, one thing about Puffy as it relates to like like having his name production wise on hot stuff. What we're really talking about from him is like 91 to 97. Um and the 91 is getting you to like the Mary J. Blige, like the Mary J. Blige stuff, but outside of her, like you get like Mary J. Blige, you get like Father MC. I mean, he's got a like a place in the Jodeci stuff, but I don't think he wasn't producing um, that stuff that was over there. Dre, dude, we're going from 88 to like mid 2000s. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, Dre. Look, Dre, Dre is the one, and Dre is another one who has a lot of element of, like, using other people's work within his, but, like, not in a way that I ever had a problem with. Like, anybody I've ever talked to that knows anything about Dre, I'll say the same thing. Everything's better after Dre gets a hold of it, right? Like, he ain't necessarily building beats from scratch, but he is producing in a much more macro way. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. 
Guys, please stop putting sports questions in there. I can't answer them. It's just making it really difficult for me to go through here. How bad of an idea would it be to put in for vacation as soon as they open non-essential businesses? Because in July, that's my plan. Well, I mean, I can say this for you, number one, brother. That might be your plan for July, but what they say about God and plans. Um, I mean, I had thought about this. There are actually companies that are now going to basically make people start burning days earlier for that very reason that everybody's going to have the same bright idea that there's no reason to like, we can't do anything right now. So there's no point in going on vacations. Everybody's going to try to go on vacation at the same time and they can't allow for that. So get ready. Like, I hope you really don't think you've outsmarted the game. The game has definitely considered that. Oh man, this is getting difficult. Given the economic situation in the country, do you think it's smart for Swiss Beats and Timberland to launch a paid streaming services for the for the IG battles right now? <sighs> so this is interesting to me. Um, do I think this is the time to launch anything that requires people to pay money? No, I do not. At the same time, I also bristle at what I do consider to be the entitlement of a lot of people who feel like they deserve to get this for free. Um, I've seen the argument made, and I think it is a good one, that for a lot of acts and artists, this is a good time to build up some goodwill, to do some connecting with the fans, you know, so forth and so on in that time. But my question for you is, what connecting with the fans do Swiss Beats and Timberland need to do? Like, what exactly is that giving them? Like, if you talk about Dre and Diddy, like, what is that giving them? There is no way in the world if I'm Dr. Dre, I'm showing up to do this shit for free. None. Like, seriously, why would I? I'm Dr. Dre. Like, you want me to spin a show for you for free? Why? Because you stuck at the house? Like, that's what you want? I ain't doing that. No way. And, I mean, we all have to be honest about this. There is a, there had some point, I don't know what deals they're working with IG now in order to get all that stuff done, but there's some money that's clearly been left on the table in the course of doing this. There clearly is. Um, what Instagram has is ubiquity, that everybody uses it, therefore it becomes easy for everybody to then get on it, and that's in part why these things can go the way that they go. But come on, man. I cannot. You going to tell these cats that you got like 450,000 people getting on to see Babyface and Teddy Riley, and the only people that's supposed to be getting money off of this is Instagram? Mark Zuckerberg's supposed to be the one that's supposed to get all this money from it. Are you serious? Like, to me, that is ridiculous. But there's no good way for you to try to have people buy tickets to get into your little concert right now. That's, that, that's, just, that's just not going to be it. So if that's your play, then just don't do it. Now is not the time. But I don't blame anybody for trying to get money right now because somebody's getting money off of this. Why shouldn't it be them? And I think the what you have is because of the way like Instagram and all that stuff works, you pay for it. Like with your data, you pay for it with your information, but you don't pay for it with your money. And so it, to you, it doesn't feel like you're paying. But all that's being converted to money one way or another, right? 
Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. And by the way, keep in mind, I say what I say about those people and them doing that and then one day money as a person who basically has been doing this here podcast for free um, for 10 years almost. You know, like, like this isn't something I would necessarily charge for. But if I had like 500,000 people on here, let's just say you get a lot more ads. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Did you bother to watch the Prince tribute on CBS last night? I watched, uh, I guess, about the last hour of it. I didn't think it was bad. i tell you what I did think it was, though. The Sheila E. show. Like, this felt like this was a lot more about Sheila's moment in the spotlight than it did anything else. Like, I saw Apollonia popped off on the Internet, I think on the Facebook, about Sheila E. And I don't really know the depths or origins of their beef, but... I do know that when Prince was alive, one thing Sheila E. was real big on telling you was about how much of a career that she had outside of Prince before Prince. which is perfectly appropriate because it is correct. However, she is leaning in on the Prince now that Prince is not here. You know, but there was a lot of Sheila E. FaceTime on that. But no, I thought it was cool. Um, like nobody embarrassed themselves. I didn't think I don't think they made any bad decisions. Um, you know, some people played some deeper cuts at points. I thought it was cool. All right. I appreciate that. Let me see what else we got here. Do you think any COVID social norms will stick after we return to normal, i.e. standing further apart, handshakes, contactless services, washing hands, more working from home, etc.? I think you'll see more working from home. I think that you'll see people like hand washing has become real um, in a way that I don't think some people had not necessarily considered. And so I think that that will probably going to be a lot more ash uh, lotion sales going to go way up um, little travel size bottles. You know what I'm saying? A little something you can take to work, keeping your bag. That's going to happen. Um, but I think that like when the vaccine come around, like all these things, like no handshaking and stuff like that, that stuff's probably going to go away. Like, I think that a lot of that is going to dissipate. Like, the standing further apart, that might stand up. But, like, one thing right now, people kind of miss the proximity, you know? Um, and I don't know. Like, the question becomes what's going to replace these things? Like, I don't think you're going to go from handshakes to just head nods. Like, how will the social norms mutate? Uh, to adjust. I'm very curious about that. I do think a lot, like, yeah, some of the stuff is going to stay. I don't think all of it will, though. Ain't nothing about what, look, ain't nothing about what shit is right now that people want to keep. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Oh, man. Somebody, anybody, give me a good question. How bad are you feeling if your governor says we're about to open the state back up? You can open it. I ain't going outside. I don't know. I don't know what y'all doing out there. I will not be a participant in it. Tell you that right now. By the time time I'm back outside, those jokers will have been well back, back inside by then. 
Somebody asked how 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 was I approached to do the Jordan doc? As if I was approached to do the Jordan doc. <laughs> Please. Oh guys, I gotta tell you, my man Rod says I'd be mad when I do this. I'm not really mad. Just don't have a lot to work with right now. So, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing a couple times a week. Man, Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. And we are also at the Google Play Store. All right, talk to you guys next week, I guess. Take it easy.